Welcome back to the podcast, Love, Transform, Restore. This is your host, Charles Prince. I stand before the crowd, listening for my name. They shall be crucified, this man is who to blame. Knowing what I deserve, they free me from my chains. I turn to see his wretched face. I did not know it was his grace. It's you free me from the chains. It's you took away my pain. And now I call. Savior died, I was lost in sin. My soul was doomed to die, I feared the world would win. I was deserving of the cross, I was ashamed. It was this man who took my place. He had no sin, it was his grace. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is season finale for our podcast for season three. And I want to make an announcement before we get um, started into today's topic on the podcast. I had mentioned a few episodes before that season four was going to be talking about the book of Revelation because of how much I've been seeing online and especially Facebook of people mistaking the end times are near because of the pandemic, the riots and other things that's going on in our nation and around the world. And while that's a topic that needs to be discussed, I do think one thing that's more pressing is I am seeing more and more people losing faith in God and Christ and losing faith in the church and losing faith in the scriptures. And so I decided that season four is going to be focused on apologetics. So we're going to be focusing on apologetics this upcoming season. And I also said that I was only going to take a one-week hiatus. Um, I am going to be taking a two-week hiatus because I want to get refreshed on a lot of the material. And not just the material itself, but also take a look around on the internet and see what some of the new theories that 
atheists and those who are opposed to Christianity are trying to say about Christianity and the in the and the Bible as well. That way to give us Christians hope and the evidences that we need, the arguments that we need to form in order to combat the, a lot of the false teaching that is being portrayed out there and not just portrayed out there, but seeping into the church. So we're going to be focusing quite a bit on apologetics next season. Um, probably a, there'll be a handful of episodes that may not be focused on apologetics, especially the topic we're talking about today. This probably will be talked about next season as well. I originally had something else planned for this season, the end this season rather, but then, being on Facebook, I ran across a number of things that made me change my mind again. And that's when I decided that it was time to do a part three of Do Not Get Your Theology From Facebook. Don't Get Your Theology From Facebook, part three. And I have a feeling that this is going to be an ongoing series that is just going to be constant because there's always sharing a false doctrine and false information on Facebook or in just social media in general. But I really want to focus quite a bit on two big things that I've been seeing going around Facebook quite a bit. Matter of fact, the first thing we're going to talk about is not necessarily something that I would consider or say that I've seen a lot on Facebook. However, it is concerning enough that I felt that it needed to be talked about. And this is this first thing I want to talk about. If you recall from previous episodes, we talked about this challenge that was going around and if I read the last part of this challenge, it might sound familiar to you because it was in both part one, parts one and two in referencing about don't get your theology from Facebook. Um, let's see where it starts. This is the best challenge I have seen on Facebook. So if the Holy Spirit moves you and you're not embarrassed, just copy and make this your status update. Can I get an amen for being a believer in the Father, Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit? And I'm sure that sounds familiar because the first time we talked about this challenge, the wording was a lot less. And though there was errors in the wording, I didn't disagree with a good amount of it. As a matter of fact, uh, besides some of the doctrinal errors, especially uh, the parts about the end times and whatnot, if it wasn't for that, I pretty much agree with almost everything else in it. The second one that I saw that had a little more wording had a little bit more that I disagreed with and some mixture of truth and error in there. But um, anytime anything is diluted, you know, you have to be careful. I mean, we do see the truth in things, but we also do not let us um, think that since someone is telling us the truth, that everything that is coming out of their mouth should be assumed as truth. Then I come across this one. I think this is definitely one that I disagree. Of all the three that I've seen, this one has more of the things that I disagree with the most. And I'm not going to read the entirety of this because it's pretty long. So I'm just going to I'm just going to summarize certain parts of this. At first, it talks about end times Bible prophecy is being fulfilled before our eyes, and it talks about uh, how. Um, 
President Trump, you know, has already fulfilled one of the last prophecies in the Bible prior to Jesus' return, talking about moving the U.S. Embassy in Israel back to Jerusalem and recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel is one of the prophecies that must be fulfilled. No other president in history has done this. And talking about the seven years tribulation will be worse by far than anything or any anything anyone could imagine. If you think this is our last pandemic or natural disaster, you're sadly mistaken. And it tells people to read the book of Revelation and talk and it talks about how um all the things that's going on in our worlds and that um so you know this is uh talking about the corruption, the debauchery of the end times most of my you know, talking about he's heard about these things most of their lives and talking about how the events of Revelation is unfolding before their eyes and talking about we shouldn't be in shock either, given the state of immorality in our world. We're going to be focusing a good amount on that top, that verse there, not verse, I don't know why in the world I call this a verse, this sentence there about um, given the state of immorality in our world, because I definitely want to focus on that later Um after we get done talking about the beginning part. But there's just so much wrong with this statement because I'm not disagreeing with the fact that there's a lot of sin in our world. I will never disagree with someone on that. I will never say that that is wrong because it's true. We live in the world. It's sinful. And we'll get more into that in a little bit. But the first part it talks about Trump and establishing, you know, um, moving the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem and recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And I just wish, you know, it's funny to me. I see people always say, read Revelation, read Revelation. Well, I have an appeal that people need to read John 18 verses 33 and following. John 18, 33 and following. Um, we've talked about this a number of times, but it needs to be mentioned again. Jesus is standing before Pilate, and we're going to read verse 33 to the end of the chapter here. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did the others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world or not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king for this purpose. I was born and for this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. And I, I just want everyone to focus so much on this passage here because everyone gets so tied up with and we really will do lessons in Revelation. I just feel like that um, this pandemic has caused a lot of people to have a weakened faith and not necessarily just 
in referencing to us not being able to worship fully in person, but just the fact that so many that are anti-Christian, anti-religion are just using this pandemic to try to attack God on all angles. And so that's the reason why I want us to look at some faith building lessons to help us understand and realize how important and how amazing God's word and what God and amazing the nature and the attitude of God. And so we, I just want to be focused on that in the upcoming season. Now, reason why I say people need to reread this multiple times, because a, Revelation is a book that gets taken out of context so much. And I think one of the big reasons for this is because of misteachings and false doctrines that has come from shows such as and movies like Left Behind, that whole book series. There's just so many things that try to give Revelation this a very different view, especially when it comes to the tribulation and and those things that are taking place. And one thing that we have to understand, and we're not going to discuss too much about Revelation, but we have to ask ourselves this question. There are certain things in Revelation that can apply to us, especially in talking about heaven. However, the question has to be asked, why would a book be written to a people during that time if those events were not going to be imminent. Because if that's the case, then wouldn't have God revealed this to us a lot sooner so that we would have time to get ready? And so that's the thing we have to realize about Revelation is that there are certain things that we can take and apply to ourselves and to um, what we can see and use to understand heaven and understand God more. However, we must ask ourselves, why would Revelation be written for a people 2,000, almost 2,000 years ago? Because everyone's thinking that it's coming, you know, all of these things are going to happen real soon. So why would these people need to hear all these things 2,000 years uh, before now? And the truth is, a lot of these events that happened in Revelation was imminent events that were going and has taken place. And we're going to discuss that, as I mentioned, at another time because we do not have the time in this podcast to get into that. So, again... Jesus emphasizes his kingdom is not of this world. And when you realize his kingdom is not of this world, and when Jerusalem was destroyed in AD 70, that was God saying, I no longer need Jerusalem. Jerusalem has no purpose anymore. The Lord's church can worship anywhere, and the Lord's people are those who are within that church, the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom that we want to be a part of, not no physical kingdom. God had gotten rid of the physical. Jesus had made it clear that his kingdom is not physical. So anytime you see stuff about prophecies coming true in Revelation of today, just know that that is not true. Because Jesus had made it clear, especially if it, you hear the prophecy talking about Israel, Jesus made it clear his kingdom is not of this world. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. So I don't want to get too bogged down on that. I want to talk about the next thing. 
that I wanted to bring up because there's a number of things that mentioned here, but one thing I find interesting is the verse I told everyone of you that's listening to remember, we shouldn't be shocked either given the state of immorality in our world. And the thing that I find interesting is when you look at that and look at some of the wording afterwards, you get the impression that they are trying to say that immorality right now in our world is the worst that it's ever been. And I will be 100% honest with you. I'm not sure if that's what the author, if that was their intention. But if that was their intention was to give this idea that um, we're living in the worst time and all of these things that are happening, you know, and the state of our world is the worst it's ever been. All I have to say to those people, and I say this as respectfully as possible, that you all who believe that, that this is the worst you've ever seen our world, I challenge you to read your history books, especially the nations, the Gentile nations, the nations of the land of Canaan. And you don't even have to even look at those. Look at the Roman Empire, the Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great, the Assyrians, the Babylonians. I can go through lists of all these empires and people, and I guarantee you, if you read the history of what they have done, and especially in conquering lands or making sacrifices to their gods, you will look at what's going on in the world and say, you know what? It's bad, and this is the worst I might have seen as far as in my lifetime and compared to certain number of years or uh, certain years that I've lived, but none of that pales, none of that even comes close to comparison to what we see these empires and these um, nations, what they have done to their own people and to other people they have conquered. So we have to keep these things in mind because I just I just think it's just a little ridiculous that anytime a pandemic or a natural disaster hits, everyone rushes to say the end times are coming, the end times are coming. Well, guess what? The Black Plague had came and hit Europe, wiped out almost all of the population of Europe. So was that not an end time event? And say so that's the thing, and I and I talked about this when we um, my first podcast I'd done with the shelter in place orders first came out. In that podcast, I talked about how um, how with the COVID nineteen stuff that um, I had mentioned that people should be careful and not say stuff like Jesus that God is using this. And which that's going to be something we're going to talk about in the next point. But what I'm trying to bring out is, is that when you start trying to name something as a end times event, then you have to go back throughout the past 2000 years of history of the very horrible things that have happened. And the truth is, a lot of people don't know most of the horrible things that's happened because most of our brains don't go past the Civil War or the American Revolution, depending on what part of the country you grew up in. Um, 
we don't go past that. We are focused on what's happened in our country and maybe stuff in Europe, but we don't have no idea of the suffering and the plagues and the very terrible rulers that have been around for thousands of years way before the 20th and 21st centuries. And so we have to be open-minded to realize that, yes, what's going on in our nation today, it's not good. Oh, there's a lot of stuff that's not good. The divisiveness is not good. Just everything that's happening just does not seem like it's good. However, one, we must look for the positive. Two, not only look for the positive, but we must have and keep our hope and keep our joy. Jesus didn't say to only have joy during the good times because joy is supposed to be kept and within us regardless whether the times are good or the times are bad. And when I see stuff like this, I feel like that people are giving up their joy and giving up their hope and saying, well, end times are coming, so not much I can do. And it's like, no, even if this was the sign of the end times, which it's not. But even if this was these so-called signs, shouldn't your shouldn't you shouldn't that encourage you to do more than just copy and paste something on Facebook of something that you don't even understand and probably don't even know where to find these prophecies that's being referenced even in the book of Revelation. So I don't, I don't want to keep going on on that right now because this next one I want to talk about can kind of tie into what we're talking about. But lately, I have been seeing this verse circulating on Facebook. The first time I've seen it, somebody took the verse and with a coloring pencil, they colored a portion, the uh, top left portion of the verse blue. And then they did red, you know, skipped, and then red again, you know, to get the red, white, red, white pattern that you see on the American flag. And they did this to Second Chronicles chapter 7. I want to make sure I got the right verse. Yeah, Second Chronicles chapter 7. Man, that coin took forever to stop. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And lately I've been seeing verse 13, which, and the one I've seen recently doesn't have verse 13 highlighted like that or verse 14, but they'll read verse 13. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the lands, or send pestilence among my people, and then continue to verse 14, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And I don't, I know where to start on this, but I'm scared if I do it, I'm definitely going to be going over the mark that I have set for these podcasts which I might be going over a little over 30 minutes because we really need to talk about this. I see that. And I just have to say this. And I don't know who's the brother in Christ that created this, but they created a thing that had this circulating around, but they added some notes to it. Two things. They said, one, don't take verses out of context. And two, and this number two 
is something we have to understand as a country. Number two, in reference to what we read in 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14, do not, do not, do not confuse America with Israel. America is not Israel. America is not God's chosen country. No nation on this earth is God's chosen country. Do you know whose God's chosen nation is? It is the church that Jesus built. And that's it. And it comprises of people from every land of every nation where the gospel has gone out. It That is the nation that God loves. We have confused our nation as a secondary promised land. Yes, our nation has been blessed. I am a proud American. I love this country. I served to protect this country. So I understand the patriotism and I do love this country to death. However, we cannot we cannot confuse America with Israel. Second Chronicles 7, 13 and 14 is talking about Israel. Why is he talking about Israel? Because Israel was God's chosen people during this time. He was telling them what he would do. He is telling them how he would punish them and how they can come back to him. And this was something they would need because Israel went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth a lot. And plus, something else I, I do find a little perturbing with people that will reference Second Chronicles 7.14, especially when they try to apply it to the pandemic that's going on and saying that this was sent by God because our nation is, uh, you know, has gotten, you know, is accepting sin and everything with that nature. Which don't be wrong, there's a lot of moral things, immoral things that's going on in our nation that is shocking that is being accepted by our nation. However... As I mentioned with when I t- first talked about COVID-19 with um, one of my earlier podcasts, I have seen and heard people that will say that God will protect them from this virus or that God is using this virus as a punishment for the nation and that we need to get back to God. Well, first of all, um. Don't test the Lord your God, which uh, Jesus told Satan that. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So don't test the Lord your God. You are not in the mind of God. You don't know why things are happening. And plus, um, the most logical explanation is Genesis chapter 3. When sin entered into the world, not just death into the world, but sickness, disease. This is stuff that happened. It does tie in the sin, but it ties in back to the very beginning. And a lot of times we forget that. And so this world is not a perfect world. Because that's the thing I I think I find kind of interesting when people try to use this passage out of 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Is that they will try to use that as... But the thing is though, why would God care so much about this land necessarily being restored? Because he cares about... His people and his people are the church. 
Matthew 6, 33 tells us plainly, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you, added unto you. So that tells us right there that if God wants us to put our priority in seeking first the kingdom of God, in which we see in scripture, and especially Matthew, the kingdom and the church are used interchangeably. So if that's who what we're supposed to seek, then that is not a physical thing. It is a spiritual thing. And we know it's spiritual because of John chapter 18. Christ said this kingdom is not of his of this world. So if the kingdom is not this world, then that means no nation is a chosen nation of God, only the churches. So we got that um, talked about a little bit. But I want to focus a little more on it because to those, you know, I, I just want to give a warning to people that try to say that this is happening because God's trying to punish and whatnot. Because not only are we forgetting Genesis chapter 3, which this stuff would all be introduced and come into the world because of sin. However, as I talked about in that previous podcast about the coronavirus, you have if you're going to go that route, then you have to go back to every event in history and you will have to decide was that an act of God or an act that was originated from Genesis three because of death and sin entering the world. See, you just created you a dilemma. The Spanish flu did a lot of damage to the United States in the 1920s. And for a lot of the people that will try to say that. Well, you know, that are saying that the times of today is just so horrible and whatnot. A lot of them will not argue that the 1920s was a bad time. They'll say 1920s morally was a good time morally, even though um, there was still a lot of immoral things going on in 1920. We just don't really like to talk about those things. And that's a topic for another time. But. So if you just went on the argument that 1920s was so much morally superior than us, then why did the Spanish flu hit the country so hard back then? So that's the thing you have to understand. You can't decide in the mind of God what God's doing. Matter of fact, that if that's not borderline blasphemy, that is blasphemy for you to say, you know, this is why this, why this has happened. You don't know that. Only thing we do know is that we need to stop sharing verses like these and trying to confuse them with the United States and not just the United States or any land in the world and realize that context, context, context. There are a lot of things in the Old Testament that was not meant for us. There are lessons. Don't get me wrong. Like, can we gleam a lesson from this? Yeah, we can gleam a lesson that we do need to rely on God all the time. But as far as the immediate context of it, it's not for us. It's not for us. But yet I see people share it so easily because they think it sounds good. They think the things going on in that country is very horrible. It needs to be fixed. And I'm not trying to say that we live in a perfect society, perfect country. We do have a lot of problems that exist today. A lot of immoral things that's being accepted that wasn't accepted a number of years ago. I understand that. I get that. But just because you see something in scripture does not mean you should 
automatically is well let me rephrase that not scripture when you see a scripture floating around on facebook and it's trying to convey an idea that confirms your bias i want to repeat that we need to be careful because there is a lot of theology on facebook that is created just so it can have conf or give you and give me confirmation bias. The Bible was never intended to give confirmation bias. It was meant to challenge you. My friends, if you read the Bible and you come away saying that I don't need to change nothing, and this is not to say this happens every time you read the Bible. I mean, there's times you might read the Bible or something and you might not feel that. So I'm not trying to make you feel guilty for the sake of feeling guilty. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty here. But what I'm trying to get across is, is that if you think that you can just read the Bible and let's say you read it for many, many years and you never once said that I need to change or that, wow, this is cutting me or that, wow, I need to do better. If you never came away from that feeling, then my friends, all you're doing is reading the Bible to confirm your biases. When scripture tells us that the word of God is sharp, you want to know how sharp the word of God is? It is so sharp. It is sharper than a two-edged sword sharper than any two-edged sword and what is it doing it's piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and of morrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart the bible is not just some book you can just turn over and read a verse and get your confirmation bias the Bible is a sword. It's meant to cut your heart. And when something cuts you, it hurts. The word of God hurts. So we got to be careful not to do this confirmation bias stuff. Because, and not just with scripture, but just everything in life. It is so easy to share something or to agree with something that agrees with our biases. Anything that challenges our biases, we don't want nothing to do with it. But that's not a good attitude to have because there's going to be times where scripture is going to challenge our biases. And are we going to argue with God? We better not. Well, we could. It ain't going to do any good because we can't win against God. So I just want to keep those thoughts in mind. And I'm not... Say in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14 are bad verses. They're good verses. That whole passage there with the dedication of the temple and Solomon speaking to the people. It's a beautiful passage. I encourage you to read this, those uh, beginning chapters of 2 Chronicles. Really great read there. But when you read those chapters, keep in mind, this is not America that it's talking about. This is... Not Europe, that is talking about Africa, Asia, Australia, Oceania, uh, South America, North America. It's not talking about any of that. It is written to the people, the chosen people of Israel. And yes, we can glean from things, for, we can glean things from it, like the fact that we do need to be faithful to God and that we do need to rely on Him. 
and number of other lessons we can glean from that. But let's not try to fit passages to try to make us look like that God has picked us. God has picked his church, not a nation, to be his children. I pray this podcast has been great and uh, has been great to you and that has been eye-opening to you. And I pray that you all will continue to keep safe, um, continue to... um, I know there are some that are still worshiping at home. And I just want to give a little message out real quick. Um, I know there are some Christians who are worshiping at home. um, Even when their congregation has opened back up. And for those that have serious health issues and those that are genuinely concerned I completely understand your decision. However, I have come to find out, um, not here, but from people I've been getting, I do get some prayer requests from some of my listeners that live in different areas and they're asking for prayers because they have a brother or sister in Christ who will go to Walmart, go to a birthday party, go to all of these places, but still don't want to come to church. And that's the reason why I want to give this plea. Um, if your congregation is open and you, and don't get me wrong, I understand that there are some cases in which you absolutely have to go inside a store and have to do stuff like that. And I get that. But if you're one of those individuals who can literally go everywhere, but cannot step inside of their congregation when it's open, um, uh, Trey Morgan said it best. You need to rethink your priorities and we still love you. And we just saying you need to rethink your priorities and not only rethink your priorities, but contact your preacher, contact your elder. If it's uh, if you're able to or if you have that option to do so, contact them, talk to them. Don't take your advice from people like us. Yes, I say you need to put your priority and put your priority towards, uh, you know, back towards the church. But don't take my word for it. Talk to your preachers. Talk to your elders. Ask them for help and for guidance. You know, if you are genuinely scared about coming to service, talk to them. Ask them. See what provisions are being made or that are taking place. You know, don't be scared to ask them. They are there to help. So, again, it's been a crazy couple of weeks and I pray that everyone will continue to do well and do the best they can during all of this mess that's going on. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I'll be back in two weeks. So let me give a quick uh, look on the date for that. So I will be back on one, two, I'll be back on September 8th. So yep, I'll be back on September 8th. Hope everyone does good till then, and we'll be back, uh, back coming back with a blast. So looking forward for everyone tuning in for the remaining of I mean, for season four as we start that new season. And you all have a good rest of your day, and to God be the glory. You set me free.